jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out We remain in the grip of the grip. I think as we journey on this, uh, through this plague coaster that is life. This plaguey Susan. This plaguey Susan as we spin slowly (laughs) around and around. (laughs) I think we're all going to experience uh, the entire rainbow of emotions, sometimes all in one day. Uh, you'll have oh, your yeah. you'll have your your daily cry, you'll have your daily uh, you know two minute hate, you'll have your <laughs> cunty afternoon tea. What? <laughs> cunty afternoon is my new track. <laughs> cunty afternoon, like whatever it is, I think we're all experiencing it. Like you mentioned on one of our previous episodes that when you had your Trader Joe's cry. Yeah, um, I had a post pharmacy cry the other day. Oh, Stacy. Well, I mean, we're all gonna have them, you know. But it was like I I went and uh, it was I was the only person there, and it was fine. I it's slim pickings, but you know, going grocery shopping at the pharmacy, you can imagine. <laughs> it's like oh, Swiffer casserole, it is, I guess. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> hey, don't knock it until you've tried it. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, I stocked up on like oatmeal and et cetera, et cetera. And I saw Aunt Jemima's smiling face on the shelf. And I said to myself, I'm going to get some pancakes. Like, Oh, that sounds lit. Yeah. I never eat pancakes. Let's get some. So I got some the next morning. I decided it's pancake time, motherfucker. And it was like, these are the ones that all you have to do is add water, right? Somehow I made a complete mess. Like, my kitchen looked like <laughs> the end of a Scarface. Like, I don't know what? what happened. Like, all of a sudden there was pancake powder all over the place. Um, all over me. I was like, I can't even do this right. Like, what is going on? And I made them. And then I realized I don't have any maple syrup, despite living in northern New England, where the rivers floweth with maple syrup. Oh, motherfucker. I have none. And that was that. It's all finally what had me saying. A little tear came out. And I'm like, first of all, am I crying over pancakes? In a way. (laughs) Not completely, though, but it just was like, cannot even this simple thing go right right now. Daisy, let me wipe away your pancake tears. Wipe away my pancake tears. They're very thick and battery. I love this disaster in the kitchen and you're like you're like me at the store the other day where I had to tell people no it's just a cold you just you, it's not coronavirus I'm just it's just me trying to make pancakes it's yeah fine. yeah it's it's I'm not actually sick I'm just completely inept and it's just, <laughs> it just like That's our next t-shirt yeah, <laughs> yeah it just drove home all of my it was like the Mad Max tinfoil tuxedo 
made yes. reality. It just put it yes. all into stark relief. And it put it into stark relief that it's like, I can't even, I don't feel good, like, running out to the store to get some maple syrup. Like, everything is so fucked. And I know that this is, like, not a problem. Like, I know we have listeners who are out there having to go to their jobs, working in stores, like, working retail or working in the healthcare, oh, yeah. healthcare industry. Like, these are the people who are really, like probably incredibly fucking stressed out and yeah doing i mean that's why i said don't venmo me i'm i'm getting paid to sit at my house by my work that i have right now at least right yeah these are the people we should be thanking you know or whatever but i'm but i'm just like they're the people running this country for real because the lord knows the government isn't doing fucking shit real for real but it just uh, we're all gonna have those moments maybe your moment will be like I don't know, putting on socks or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's just. And then you turn into the white guy in the headdress with the one tear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sort of like all of a sudden we're in this world where it's like it feels presumptuous to a degree to buy green bananas. Yeah. Am I going to live to see these ripen? Oh, I mean, who knows, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. And everything, it's, oh God, it's only been, I think I'm on, I think I'm on day 12, I Mm. think. But it's literally like that scene in The Lighthouse, like I had to tweet about that, where it's like, how long have we been on this rock? Yeah. Five days, two weeks, (laughs) help me to recollect. Yeah, the last. How, How long has this been happening? The last time I went out to do something fun that wasn't, like, a trip to a store that kind of set my teeth on edge because it feels like taking your life in your hands or someone else's life in your hands, I think was when I went to the movies to see Portrait of a Lady on Fire. And I don't know. I mean, if that's the last fun time activity I ever have. I mean, come on. That's true. That's a good one to go out with. It's a good one to go out on. But I don't even know how long ago that was at this point. I have run the gamut of like, I I feel like I've literally experienced an entire year in the last week because Mm -hmm. I have read two books. I have, I mean, this is my usual yearly activity. Read two books, watch a TV (laughs) show. I shaved my head. I've grown a beard. Um... I try. I changed my clothes. Yeah, it's yeah. a whole year for me, right there. Yeah, regular activities that I do, like that I would do, feel very strange right now. Yeah, I don't know. Everything's strange, and it's everybody in the whole world is feeling it. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's Weird. a it's a time. It's a fucking time. Yeah. Um. Uh, I. <laughs> The universal mood. Right there. <laughs> um, uh, I watched something for this oh, well, fucking show. Yeah, we have such yeah. limited time left on this planet. If it's not, <laughs> if if it's not more evident than ever that life is fragile, <laughs> that life is fleeting, that it can turn on a moment's notice, <sighs> that each breath could be your last. That you, yep. you may never see the green bananas turn brown, right? Because <laughs> let's be real. They go right through yellow into brown pretty quickly. That's true. Um, and so Anthony said, let's watch 
the dracula that's on netflix uh the last episode is really bad every episode is three weeks long (laughs) let's watch the entire thing for the show even though the last episode is terrible but there's a character that i like so i think that we should talk about this (laughs) we've got the time for now uh we've got the time and let me tell you i put it off and put it off and put it off because I just was absolutely not interested in it at all. Even for this show, I just didn't want to watch this thing. I just didn't want to. Like a child crossing her arms in the face of boiled carrots, I said, no, I don't want this. I don't want to do this. For the record, Stacy only ever said, "Okay, yeah." <laughs> well, I mean, you were you were so excited about it that I was like, "All right, fine." The whole time, and then every time you said, "Like, I'm not feeling well," can we like push off our recording? I was like, "Yeah, let's push it off another day, another day." <laughs> Notice how many times I pushed off recording this episode. That was because I didn't want to watch. You did. This I shit. was like, "I'm ready to record today," and they're like, "Let's do two days from now." Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I can put off watching that shit for two more days. And now on the other side of it, I have to say my instincts were absolutely correct. It's terrible. (laughs) Fuck you, first of all. (laughs) Fuck this show. This is what cancels us. Fuck everybody listening. Um, Everything I watch could be my last. I spent three days watching. Well... Every episode, it's three episodes. They're all an hour and a half long. Yes. Could have stopped after one. Yes. We should have stopped after one. I'll tell you one thing. That I stopped after 2.25. I stopped. Because (laughs) you said the third episode is terrible. The entire world said the third episode is terrible. I got about 10 minutes into the third episode and said, everyone's right. This is terrible. And then I thought to myself, Stacy, just push stop. <laughs> <laughs> is this the first thing you've never completed for this show? Um, I didn't. Is, is it? Oh, I yeah, I think so. I didn't rewatch Annabelle that time. I did not rewatch Annabelle for yeah. an Annabelle episode, but I had already seen it. So this is the first time that I didn't do my homework. Although I will say I did watch a five minute recap on YouTube and that was enough. Okay, so you still did the cliffs now. So I know what happened and I have never <sighs> felt as good about a decision in my entire life. I mean, it's the whole thing is bad, sans one aspect. The whole thing is bad. But then when you get to that ending, baby girl, it is, it is the death of creativity. It is a sheer atrocity. And I can't wait to talk about it. (laughs) I mean, it's like, here's the thing. Is that I would not say to you, Anthony, eat this pizza that has all these toppings. The crust is horrible. The toppings are horrible. The cheese is horrible. <laughs> but the sauce is good. <laughs> this one, let me tell you, this one speck of sauce on yeah. it is fucking delicious, baby. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just, I wouldn't do that to you. But now I see in the face of a plague how recklessly you play with my emotions. 
I was sick. You we <laughs> what? We scheduled this well before. I don't. I have no recollection. I wasn't there. Heck. I'm a senator. <laughs> I got elected to office. Dracula. I, first of all, I don't care about Draculas. I just I don't. I love Dracula. And I know you do, which is why I made the sacrifice to do this show. I do you just, not like any Draculas? I like a Christopher Lee Dracula. Which one? I like all of them. I mean, even like Dracula AD 1972, which like isn't uh, One good. of the best. But like, you know, <laughs> I just like him as a Dracula. Now, He's a great Dracula. Vampires are one thing. Like we, yes. we'll, we'll get into that discussion later <clears throat> in the show. But as far as a Dracula, like, I just don't super care. My favorite Dracula besides Christopher Lee is a comic that I bought at the Scholastic Book Fair when I was, like, seven. Oh, yeah, you were telling me about this. The Illustrated Dracula is so good. I love that. You need to send me pictures of it or something. Oh, wait, you showed me some. I did show you some. Yeah. I just don't really care. Like, I've seen it so many times. Just because it's been made a hundred times and the story is always exactly the same, except sometimes they switch Mina and Lucy. What about that is not fresh every single time, <laughs> Stacey? And this Dracula. You oh, want to know my notes for this? This is my notes. This is, these are my notes for this three episode shit, which I watched three hours and like 20 minutes of it. And this is what I wrote down. Count Dracula is so corny oh he's terrible he's the worst part of it and note number two i like everything except dracula <laughs> i wrote that during the first episode the first one i will say the first one is almost actually really good except for everything with dracula and his stupid fucking puns yeah because he's like freddy krueger dracula he's the worst and it's like the problem is, the show is called Dracula. The show is not called Everyone Except Dracula. The show isn't called Sister Agatha. No, which it should be. Which it should be and should be the, 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 they're talking about doing, can you believe in this economy, Stacey, in this end time, they're talking about doing a sequel to this? Give me a break. But what I'm saying is, do a fucking prequel sequel, prequel prequel i guess they're just called prequel do that and call it sister agatha and make it about her adventures investigating witchcraft and the occult which she alludes to in the first episode yeah that's all i want have women make it <laughs> i could not stand this dracula as I... portrayed by Cliz bang he has like a welsh name so it could be it's like queef bang is probably how it's pronounced <laughs> i don't i like i just uh... What I mean, do you like about him? He's always winking at the camera. I just can't handle it. I can't handle the corniness. I did like the uh, 1979 Dracula pretty well with Frank Langella. Oh, and Donald Pleasance and um, who was Vin Lawrence Olivier. Yeah. I yeah, like that, that one already. Right. Yeah. And they are releasing a new Blu-ray of it that actually, well, if that ever comes out, <laughs> that restores all the color to it because every video release since has completely drained it of all color. That's been out. <gasps> really? Yeah. Well, guess I'm not getting it now because there's no mail anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that one. I thought Lucy was a babe in that one. 
Oh, and, but especially when she becomes the blue for lady and she's like in the caves under the mm-hmm. asylum. So fucking cool. I yeah. like that one. I so I like that. I always forget about it, but I do like that Dracula also. And here's the thing is that Frank Langella and Christopher Lee, they're not trying to act cool. They just are cool. Once they you try to cool. act cool or try to put him in a cool outfit, like, I'm sorry, Gary Oldman in his fucking steampunk bullshit looking top hat and glasses. Oh, my God. No. Or this Dracula who's trying to act cool. Like, it just sucks all the cool out of you. Yeah. Yeah. You need to actually even like. I mean, in the last episode, we were uh, complaining about the Bella Lugosi Dracula and how boring it is. But even Bella Lugosi had he had a thing, which is why he also was got that role in the movies because that his his stage presence and his charisma came through so strong um, doing the show in in theater. Exactly, exactly. Because he and just he had it. You either got it or you don't. And boys, and I got it. This one does not got it. And that was no. why, as soon as he started, like, using a cell phone in the third uh, episode, oh I said, God. I have taken all I can take. Plague, oh. take me now. And then oh. I remembered I could just turn it off. I didn't have to, like, wait for illness to set in and kill me. I could just stop watching <laughs> it. <laughs> Fuck this fucking thing. I hated it. <laughs> it's so bad i here's my experience of it so i watched it when it first came out and i really i really like i was so taken by that first episode the very the intro where you see this nun interviewing um jonathan harker who's like wearing the largest bald cap ever (laughs) i mean what the fuck like he full-on looks like brainiac like a mars attacks guy (laughs) with this giant fucking head um and like you couldn't have just shaved his hair but uh so there she's interviewing him and she's like "Uh, i'm asking mr harker if you ever had sexual intercourse with count dracula and then it cuts to the credits and i was like oh my god they're making gay dracula with this cool nun and i was so (laughs) excited And then I watched the episode, and then I watched the episode, and then there was no gay shit anywhere. They just Mm -hmm. keep talking about it. And then I fell in love with motherfucking Sister Agatha. Yeah. And then I continued to love her, and then episode two, I said, where is she? And then she showed up at the end of the second episode, and I was like, I fucking love her. And then she was dead. And then I was like, okay, episode three. And then it's the future, and everything was horrible. And I wanted to die. Oh, God. But I liked, I do enjoy the gothicness of the first one. Yeah, the first I, one isn't bad. I think um, the the second episode is an interesting take on the Demeter storyline. I've always wanted to see a take on, I think there is another movie, I haven't seen it, or there's one in development that is just the story of the there, Demeter. Like 10 years, few. literally like 10 years ago, they announced that Neil Marshall was going to be doing The Last Voyage of the Demeter. That's and it. that was what I kept thinking about while watching it. It was like, I wish that had happened. Although after seeing everything Neil Marshall's done except for The Descent, I say, well, maybe it's for the best. Uh, but I think to myself, I, I would like to see Robert Eggers take that on. Oh, that's well. And then that's and on my rewatch. I was like. Man, I think just life has got me down because all I can get into now is Sister Agatha. And even the second episode, I remembered liking it so much more than I did um, on this rewatch. I And it 
it made me constantly think of how excited I am for the Nosferatu remake that Eggers is allegedly doing one day, if that ever happens now. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that could be such an interesting film story, whatever. It's just that journey. Yeah, just a contained yeah. story. Because that's the one thing in, like, all Dracula that you never get to see. It's mm-hmm. always just Dracula leaves the castle, and then you see the the desolated ship show up. Right, it pulls in. and Yeah, yeah it shows up in, in Whitby, and then plague happens. Yeah. But you never actually see what happens on the ship, except, like, in Nosferatu, you get to see the iconic shot of him emerging from under the deck. Mm-hmm. Or in Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula, you see the wind and the rain and people, blood on their, whatever the sails are called, sails. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, like, I'm like, tell- so I thought it was cool to see a Demeter story, but then they ultimately, I don't know, didn't go the right way about it. Yeah. And like, so- the second episode was fine but then it continued to do that thing where they have gayness but they just talk about it Mm -hmm. so i'm like is this show queer baiting what is happening it's straight people trying to be uh inclusive well and that's what that is it's like they will talk about it but we're not going to show people touch each other we're going to have sister agatha allude to something but yeah sister agatha is a lesbian but she just mentions it once in a sentence yeah and and then so I thought, okay, so then doing my research immediately before we started recording this as I was laying in bed coughing, I, I open up my phone and I'm looking at it and I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to get down to the mystery. Did straight people make this fucking thing? Because we know that this thing was made by the same people that did, um, did you see the Netflix or BBC Sherlock? Nah. I've never watched it because I'm allergic to Benedict Cumber. Yeah. B- bat bundle. Life so, is too short. I don't get it. And furthermore, people saying that he's hot. Who are you crazy people that are so obsessed that like, I I don't know if it's just self-punishing or what it is, but who are these people that fixate on Benedict Cumberbatch or Adam Driver or I'm just like, what? They are proven to be ghouls. (laughs) Why are you trying to make them new kids on the block? They're not new kids on the block. So anyway, so they did that Sherlock and uh, I never saw it, but um, apparently it's from those people. And um, so I looked into the the, cre- the two creators, and it turns out one of them is straight and is a writer, and the other one is um, the. Did you get as far as when Rinfield showed up in the third episode? I did not. Oh, you didn't see Skype Rinfield? Stacy no. Ponder, I was most excited to talk. That's my username today. I see that, <laughs> and I it sent a shudder through me. It sent a chill down my spine because I realized <laughs> what you missed. What I missed. Did you see? Um, have you seen Nighty Night, the British show about that horrible hairdresser that destroys people's lives? Yeah, yeah. Um, the guy that she falls in, that she leads on, that has like the mouth tick with like mm-hmm. the weird the teeth. So he is a comedian. I think he was in League of Gentlemen or something. But um, he is the co-writer. And he is... I had no idea. He plays Renfield in this. But I had no idea. But he is gay and married to a man. Hmm. Um, which I never knew in all this time that I've been watching him on British television. But uh, so a gay person was partially responsible for this but like it's almost as if his straight writer partner was like well i'll let you reference that gay people exist 
Yeah, well, there are plenty of gay people, I know some personally, who are so concerned about the image that they're projecting to straight people because oh. they want to be able to assimilate into, you know, heterosexual it's like society. It's like the good gay. <clears throat> the, they want to be the good gay. Yeah. And so, you know, in a I, granted, there wasn't like a lot of, surprisingly, for how sexy this Dracula was. Um, <laughs> with his little non-existent butt oh god there just wasn't a lot of sexuality to begin with in this so I'm not completely surprised like there weren't at least in the two and a quarter episodes that I saw straight people don't really touch each other either yeah. so that wasn't too surprising but it just it just felt like it just felt like inclusion for inclusion's sake maybe it's a british thing maybe that's why it's so like prudish i don't know yeah and it's interesting so the first episode um we get the classic tale of jonathan harker going to dracula's castle and uh so so harker shows up he he meets dracula who's all old and is all you know says funny things like you know he want he enjoys the flavor of people and it's like, oh, no, you meant character. And he says, oh, yes, I mean character. <laughs> and get it? Flavor, Stacey? Because he yes. drinks their blood and it, do you get it? Um, oh, now I do. See, that's that good writing. Right. So, <laughs> so that writing replicates itself throughout every single line Dracula says in the entire series. Um, Harker is slowly drained. You know, we all know this story. Dracula... Uh, uh, hatches a plan to move to england you through harker's help harker's imprisoned he encounters the brides of dracula in this case the brides of dracula are um is a woman trapped in a box uh and a baby trapped in a box and and then they and then i was intrigued again because harker is now going to become one of jonathan or one of dracula's brides and dracula refers to him as his bride and carries him um, you know, just like the classic, like Frankenstein carrying a woman, like, but, but then nothing comes of it. Yeah. There's no, there's no actual queerness. No. But then in this first episode, um, Harker, after the fact, after he has escaped from Dracula's castle, which he has been transformed into a, a, a vampire or undead, he is not fully vampiric yet, um, has taken has been given refuge at the Saint Mary's convent in Budapest. And this is where Harker is recounting his story to a nun named Sister Agatha. Sister Agatha, it turns out in a twist that is revealed towards the end of the episode, um, she's she Dracula comes to get Harker. And Agatha is taunting Dracula because she won't invite a man and she's she cuts herself and she's splashing her blood on him. Dracula tastes the blood and he can tell things about people by drinking their blood. It's in the third episode, Stacey, you might have missed this. He refers to it as downloading them. Because it's like, get it, baby? It's like Black Mirror. It's like it's like it's like uh it's like techno. It's like nowadays. So it's I Dracula. It's like if you thought Dracula two thousand wasn't cool. Oh my god. Which it is because it has Jerry Ryan and vitamin C <laughs> as the Brides of Dracula and Jennifer Esposito. But um, if you thought Dracula 2000 wasn't cool, then just wait for Dracula talking about downloading people by drinking their blood. So he downloads <laughs> Sister Agatha's uh, in, uh, information about her identity and he screams out at her, Helsing, Van Helsing, 
who are you, Agatha Van Helsing? And the music spikes, and little, little faggot me was sitting there screaming Yas Queen as it's revealed that this amazing nun who has been outwitting and and uh, and attacking Dracula and um, challenging him every step of the way so far is actually this version's depiction of Van Helsing. And what I have to say about this show, as terrible as it is, is Sister Agatha is my favorite Van Helsing I have ever seen in a Dracula property. That yeah. said, is that that challenging because Laurence Olivier didn't know how to play Van Helsing? Anthony Hopkins could bar- barely bring life to Van Helsing. Arguably, the best Van Helsing is either Peter Cushing or uh, Edward Van Sloan in the terrible original 1931 Dracula. Mm-hmm. However, I think Sister Agatha is fucking wicked, and it all comes down to the performance by Dolly Wells. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) You traitor! (laughs) I mean, I liked her. I liked her. I guess... Maybe it's that I'm not such a Dracula stan. I don't know. Maybe it's that the rest of it was so awful. I think... I mean, I just... I didn't have the boner for her that, that you do. Oh, I love her. I guess so. she's, uh, you know, she's got some good one-liners. She's got some, some of her feminist lines felt a little girl power feminist to me. But um, even when I do love when he says, "Who are you, Agatha Van Helsing?" and she goes, "You're every nightmare at once, an educated woman and a crucifix." Makes right. me so happy. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't know. Maybe I'm just. <laughs> I got the, the the plague is here. The plague is here. Maybe I just I just I feel like I don't know. Show me, don't tell me. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Well, that's the thing, though. That's what. The, that's how I really felt. Um, on my first rewatch, or my on my very first viewing, getting into the second episode and seeing how she's barely used until the ending, mm-hmm. which is also <clears throat> true of the first episode. The first episode is all just her interviewing Jonathan Harker, and then she finally gets to do stuff and, and enact action against Dracula in the last, like, 20 minutes. Right. Uh, sim- exact same thing with the second episode. Um, and then she's not even in the third episode until the very ending, when she re-downloads herself into her modern-day descendant. Oh, boy. Because the writers had reached a point where they said, how could we... Um, how could we make this just absolutely terrible? <laughs> oh, wait. I know. Have you ever seen Dracula 2000? <laughs> but what it what it comes down to is um, I get so angry because I think Dolly Wells does such an incredible job in this role and brings such a life to Van Helsing and to uh, the idea of Van Helsing as a Dutch woman, lesbian nun, right. atheist nun, Uh, which I just love that concept. And part of it, I am biased because she reminds me and even her speech patterns and her face remind me exactly of my college mentor who was also (laughs) uh, an agnostic um, theologian. Basically, Mm. they are the exact same person. (laughs) My my professor was Van Helsing as a a feminist atheist. But um, the, the real problem is that she doesn't, the writers don't know what to do with her and they don't let her do anything despite being the greatest asset they have to the show. Right. And I think that's what ultimately I was like, okay, so you, you know, she sounds great on paper and she flashes her ginger spice peace sign and yells, 
yells girl power at Dracula, you know, but she doesn't actually really get to do anything. And, you know, in the, I mean, in the end, ay ay ay. Oh, that end. So the second episode, I mean, the nuns are great in the first episode. Then they all get murdered and it's sad because all women have to die always. We know this. Um, the second episode, we get this tale of Demeter. We get a few more. We get Lord Ruthven, who is who is named after John Polidori's um, The Vampire Story, which is one of the earliest uh, literary depictions of vampires in Gothic times. But, like, um, I guess that's another thing, too, is this show is packed full of references to every vampire mm-hmm. story and every depiction of Dracula ever before. So we have, like, we have some, like, Christopher Lee style on this Dracula. We have... Uh, music and and shadows like uh, music like Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula, shadows like Nosferatu, or so it's just it's just full of this stuff. Um, and then Sister Agatha is just kept away in room number nine, which and uh, in, in the, or cabin number nine, which is also a reference to Inside Number Nine, a British show, which if you've never seen, is a hilarious British anthology show that has so many horror adjacent episodes that are fantastic. I think you would love it, or you would love some of them. But, um, where was I going with this? <laughs> You're just talking about the second episode. Second, thank you. So, sorry, my brain is falling apart. <laughs> um, so, Agatha Van Helsing then is, is spends the entire second episode in a bed. And we just mm-hmm. hear her, we just hear her mother superioruming it up. Just constantly <laughs> yeah. wheezing in the other room. Until she finally comes out of the room, decides to, you know, fights Dracula. Um, blows up the ship and then the ship sinks the little twink and his new daddy sail away in their in their lifeboat and then and then, i liked them they were like my favorite part of the second episode my 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 main notes for episode two were ah piotr and olgarin yeah, <laughs> i like I them, them a lot too um and that felt like actual character development like they started out kind of adversarial and scared of each other and then they were friends and pals at the end and yet, they gave me a, a, a nightmare twink, Lord Ruthven, yeah. <laughs> who's in a relationship with Dorabella, uh, his his wife, who literally just spends the entire thing sleeping in her cabin. And then, and then we could go into we could go into class. We could go into race with Adisa, his manservant, who we think is his manservant, who says, "I'm not his man," but he's actually his lover. Yeah. Who is traveling with him because he had to marry Dorabella for business purposes and to uphold an image while he and his gay lover set off to the new, uh, to Whitby. Um, they do nothing with this. They, it's so, that's the thing is like, that's what it felt like through the whole thing is like, how about if we have a scene between those two characters where you see that they're both like tortured by this. And, you know, it'll make when the one is gets a hard-on for Dracula, it'll add another layer to it. Instead, it was all just talk, and it was all just surface, and it's like, I, I just don't care. It's like lazy expositional, either expositional screenwriting or, like, lazy playwriting, where it's like, oh, I need to make sure this reference comes through or this theme comes through. I'm going to give this character one line. Right. Like, and then that's, that's... going to do all the work. And maybe it was just that I wasn't enthusiastic about this thing from the get-go. That, I'm sure, colored my viewing and my reaction to everything. But it just, the whole thing felt 
like that. And I know that these supporting players are not the mainstay. It's called Dracula. It's not called supporting players, unfortunately. <laughs> supporting players, colon, a Dracula story. Yeah. But I just feel like, you know, Susie Banyan doesn't say, like, I'm going to blow everyone's heads up because I'm a strong woman. And this, that, and the other thing. <laughs> she just says, I am she, and she rips her chest open and everybody's heads explode. Like, just but, fucking do it. However, if Pineapple Express got his way and made the, <laughs> the Suspiria remake well, 10 years right. ago like he was supposed to when Luca originally hired him to do that. That is 100% what the Suspiria remake would have been. Right. And so I think I was just frustrated that on paper, Sister Agatha is great and is like Dracula's biggest nemesis. In the reality of what's going on, she's a bumbling fool. And oh, I, I say, well, like, she tries. I mean, she tries, but it's also like for all of the times that you're standing an inch away from him, why don't you just stick a stake in his heart, first of all? Why, when they, when they're, okay, they're, so Sister Agatha, Dracula has exposed Sister Agatha, he has said, look in cabin number nine, that is the, that is the vampire. He has framed her, um, she's covered in blood because he's been feeding on her, and she doesn't even know that she is sailing to Whitby with him, after he attacked her at the end of the first episode, and, uh, so they, they take her and they tie her up and they're going to burn her on one of the sails because nothing could go wrong with that when you're at sea. <laughs> and um, and she says, no, 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 I am a vampire. And she's saying, you have to, you have, you can't actually kill me. And that's why, um, because I'm a vampire, you can't burn me alive. So you're useless. But then she uses that uh, to, to go against Dracula and to turn everyone on him and to expose him as the actual vampire. Then they knock him over. They... They uh, stab little knives into his cape so that he can't move because everyone knows how to paralyze a British person is to stab knives into their capes. <laughs> the cape or the top hat. One or the other, they can't move. It's either the cape or the top hat. They, if they had more more knife and top hat canes, they could have found and stopped Jack the Ripper. So so they they, they, they cape him. And then Sister Agatha throws a... a, a a lantern down on him to burn him up which kind of works until he throws himself into the water but i was thinking why didn't they just fucking stake him right then why didn't they just stake him why didn't she stake him when he was nude when he showed up at the convent and busted out of that wolf and she's standing there and you've got like 30 nuns with stakes in their hands someone fucking poke him with it yeah when when dracula shows up and he's killing all the nuns and they're just running he just J- jason turned to me and goes where are all their stakes yeah, like, <laughs> that they just, just had in the last scene yeah and so it was like i guess i just it's like i don't know it just didn't feel like enough for me for her to say cool things and then just not be allowed to like be great yeah, I totally I totally get that and actually, yeah, I see that. I accept that. I feel I actually feel similar. I think on my first view, I was so 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 fucking excited with that reveal that she was Van Helsing. Yeah. I love this actor. I love her take on the character. I um then became saddened by what they allowed her to do or not do. Nice. And then on this rewatch, I was just like, god, I fucking love her so much. Where is the story that's just her? Or where is a better telling of Dracula that is more centered around her and Dracula and not Dracula doing all this shit and then her showing up at the end of every half or every hour and a half sequence to stop yeah. him? Yeah. 
you know? Like, and that's what I don't get is why, how do these writers who argue, allegedly are good writers, because I know people cream themselves over Sherlock. I've never seen it. Yeah. But if they're popular and they're allegedly good writers, it's a screenwriting team. Why didn't they trust in this character? Why didn't they give her things to do? Because I think... Is this dude's trying to write a cool women? Th- like... It's all Joss Whedon's fault, right? Oh. Like, I say that about so many things, but some... Like, look, we all fucking loved Buffy, right? We I all did. X-Men. But it's like, his writing style is someone says a cool thing. And everybody goes, oh my god, did you hear that cool thing she said? Never mind that, like, you know, she's a doll who's, <laughs> like, <laughs> made to, like, do whatever men want. But she said something cool while she was uh, doing it, so it's all good. <laughs> it's like, you know, that pithy dialogue became, like, the sign of, like, intriguing good writing and feminist writing and all that. And I'm sorry, it's just not, like... Buffy was 1996 or 1997 or whatever. Like, yeah. And I think so many shows and and if you like it, like that's cool. Go for it. Personally, I I feel like there needs to be some substance to it. Yeah. And you need to follow through and have your characters behave in ways and like let women actually be great and not just say a fucking cool thing every once in a while. Yeah. 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 She said cool things. Her, the actor was amazing. Yeah. But then she's ultimately given no agency in terms of being a developed character. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the ship, they, 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 Dracula throws himself off the ship. He's on fire. He swims around on the other side, gets up back into the ship, crawls into his box of earth, which he, he could have just, you know, actually looked for them and thrown them off the ship, which I guess they mostly did, but they left one. Um crawls into his coffin comes back uh agatha ends up blowing up a hole in the ship um dracula is in his coffin and he sinks down to the bottom of the ocean and then agatha dies and she floats away and she's dead this amazing fucking character is just dead how was blowing up the ship gonna kill him stick a well, fucking stake through his heart because we all know vampires can't swim because they don't like getting their outfits wet. So they can't. <laughs> That's why they can't heavy. cross running water because they don't like they don't like getting wet. So can they not cross? They can cross running water on a ship, apparently, but they can't do it on their feet. Is that the idea? I don't know. That's the thing. That's the other thing is this show is like, OK, well, we're going to readdress all of uh, the vampire legends. Right. But the only one, and that's what I love, I, one thing I love about Sister Agatha is her always trying to figure out why the vampire legends uh, exist and which ones are true and which ones aren't. Right, yes. Um, but ultimately, they never go anywhere with it, <laughs> much like everything else, every other aspect of this show. So Sister Agatha is like, uh, she addresses the invitation in. So, for example, you know, a, a vampire, we all know this from the Lost Boys or anything else ever made with vampires, but the vampire has to be directly invited in and then it can enter your home. So that's addressed. There's also the Dracula's aversion to the crucifix or the cross uh, is addressed and becomes kind of the big mystery throughout the series is why is he averse to the cross? Um, and then there's Dracula's resistance to the sun, which also 
is a weird thing because that is not anywhere in the book Dracula um, mm. because he can walk in the sunlight in the book. Um, and the only adaptation to actually pay attention to that is Bram's or yeah, it's Francis Ford. Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> but, uh, Ruth's Chris. Yeah, Ruth's Chris. Chris Steakhouse. Dracula. <laughs> Ruth's Chris Dracula. <laughs> it's a franchise. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! Could you imagine you going to Ruth's Chris Dracula and they're like, "Sit down. Would you like some wine? We never drink wine." <laughs> If I have to hear that line one more fucking time. Did you get, okay, in episode three, did you get to when they, because remember in episode one when Dracula, he's like, oh, uh, do you want some wine? And Dracula goes, I never drink wine. <laughs> and then in episode three, someone says uh, to Ed, to Dr. Seward, a, a certain person says, you weren't drinking last night, were you? And he says, no. And she says, good. Neither does he, referring to Dracula. Because, you know, remember the thing from the first episode? Because they had to remind us that that was a funny line that they wrote because it was in every other Dracula adaptation. Do you remember that? It's incredible. (laughs) Thank you. So, (laughs) so Agatha Van Helsing is trying to figure out all these, um, all these vampire legends and why they exist the way they do and where they come from and, and what it is about them that makes the vampires averse to these things. At the end, we get a lazy excuse for what it is. It's stupid. Um, but the one that they never address is crossing streams of water yeah or crossing running water that's like one that is is it it pertains to a lot of historic vampire fiction or folklore but it comes up nowhere in here as does there's there's never a scene where someone throws my favorite is always like hey vampire you think you're gonna get me and then you throw down the rice and then the vampire goes (laughs) oh i've got the ocd (laughs) and it has to count all the little rice grains (laughs) so yeah i don't know they never address they never address the water thing I think yeah. in this it's supposed to be because he has the soil. Oh, that's another one that they do address is that you have to have the native earth because they yes. have to kind of cling to their coffin or their native soil that they were allegedly first buried in. Yeah. So it's weird. It's weird. I mean, that's the way vampire movies always are. Even when they're strictly Dracula, it's like rules come and rules go. Like, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. And this, anything goes. In this, they come and they go. Uh, they mm-hmm. mostly go. Um, episode three. Episode three is very special. So episode one ends with, uh, or episode two ends with Dracula at the bottom of the water. Then he gets out of the coffin. He walks onto the beach at Whitby. If you could call it a beach. And then, um, all of a sudden a helicopter spotlight comes up on him. And then a, a sexy, cool Van Helsing walks up and she says, hello, Count Dracula. We've been waiting for you or something. And everything's modern day, and there's flashlights and guns and police everywhere. And you're like, what? And then it's over. Episode three. Episode three, it picks up. And now this Van Helsing that we saw is Zoe Helsing. And you know it's modern because she dropped the van from her name. (laughs) And somehow Dracula and his clothes... Have not desiccated after 123 years underwater. He would be so bloated at the least. What I don't get is like, there's, there's, they allege that there's some continuity by showing like, oh, Dracula needs blood to remain modern looking. 
or right. or not gross, right? So that's why he had Jonathan Harker come and he drank all of his blood so that he could adopt his British accent and then become. It like... is so his hair could get shorter. This is always a problem too, <laughs> is in these vampire things, right? Like when you see Dracula, he's like, hey, I'm Dracula, and he's got the long, 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 long gray hair. As he yeah. gets younger, does he give himself a haircut or does the hair just magically get? Sh- I understand if the color changes, he's getting like you know, youthful. But why does it shorten? Why does it end shorten? Conversely, in Fright Night, why I was just be- gonna say, I know you're gonna fucking talk about Fright Night. Well, I love, how, I love how hung up you get about this on the on fucking Fright Night. <laughs> well, when she gets turns into a vampire, her hair gets long, and I just don't understand <laughs> the hair science of vampires. Apparently, I mean, her whole face also mutates. <laughs> she grows an entire set of of um, Mortal Kombat Melina fangs. <laughs> There is that aspect, too. Well, sure, but that's what you expect. She also becomes straight. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. But it's like, why? She gets monstrous, but then she gets, like, longer hair. Everyone knows. uh... We all saw Interview with a Vampire when they turn into vampires, like Kristen Bunst. Kristen Bunst. (laughs) Kristen Bunt cake. <laughs> she gets she gets the rosy cheeks, and then suddenly she gets the Shirley Temple hair instead of having the gross stringy plague victim um, poverty girl hair. Yeah, I guess I vampire hair science. That's just another. Stacey, no one talks about it. When you when you drinketh of the dark blood, you get a makeover. <laughs> <laughs> I guess mostly just a hairdo though. It's I'm excited. Maybe. I should drink someone's blood and just see what happens. With no, because <laughs> with my luck, I'd get a perm. It would like I would get the I would get that grandma perm. Yeah, I'd yeah. be the one. My hair would get really short to my scalp and would like get a really tight perm, so I look like a broccoli. <laughs> You I'm not that, gonna do it. You get that that super that super tight little uh tight little perm from curtains. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. little Brillo pad perm. Uh, well, there goes yeah. that idea. March I can't. In, I can't march into the chance. pharmacy, Stacy, and say, "Hey, I want to drink someone's blood so I, I can see, see what happens to my hair <laughs> in plague times." What? What is she talking about? Have any of you seen Fright Night? <laughs> Woman and hover around with diaper and hefty bag. <laughs> People of Walgreens, gather around. <laughs> I just, you know, I, vampire hair is a thing, and I feel that no one addresses it but me, and I just feel I must speak my truth, which is what is going on with the vampire hair. Did they have mullets in Lost Boys before they were vampires? I think so. Yeah, I guess they did, huh? Because his brother did. Yeah. Yeah. They were victims of the era in that movie. <laughs> Shirtless saxophone players, mullets oh, aplenty. Man. Yes. I mean, you know. Oh, Diane Weiss. Yeah. So, so episode three. The hair, vampire, Dracula's hair has... I'm taking oh, guess, a nap. <laughs> <laughs> I guess reflections have have also showed up in this show and that, that it's revealed that the vampires don't like seeing their reflections. They they do have reflections, but they don't like seeing them because it it's like a Dorian Gray effect. It reveals what they actually look like. Well, 
and here's the thing. It's like, I don't care if you can see yourself, Dracula. The point is no one else can see you. So while that might be a cool thing, who fucking cares? Yeah, it doesn't affect you. However, when Dracula, immediately Dracula shows up and he's like terrified of all the modern day gadgets and the cars and the guns pointed at him. Immediately he picks up a gun and knows how to use it. And Mm -hmm. then he grabs a camera and knows how to look in it. I say no thank you. And then that scene happened and then it cut to him like being wheeled in. No, and then it was the house, whatever. When it got to the being wheeled into a laboratory on a gurney, I say said i'm done is that when you cut it out when it turned into that when it turned into um that old bbc show ultraviolet yeah i said no i don't care what happens to anyone's hair i'm not interested any longer goodbye (laughs) i don't care what happens to anyone's hair (laughs) if the the vampire hair quote on the dvd you know what when the adventures of sister agatha continue i hope it's a question that she has Maybe I'll finally get an answer. <laughs> so, so, so you didn't see what happened onward from the, from the entrance to the Harker Institute or whatever it was fucking called? No. So Mina Murray, who is- I mean, re- I saw, I read, I saw the recap on YouTube. Yeah, so I know what happened. don't know. Well, I know, but I'm just saying me personally. Don't you want to talk about the thing you hate? That's all I have nowadays, Stacey, in the plague times. I don't have any jobs anymore. I don't have any commitments. I just have bile. I just got my box of pancake mix and my hate. <laughs> and no maple syrup. And no that's why I'm syrup. so angry. <laughs> so the Harker Institute was established by Mina Murray and the surviving relatives of Sister Agatha Van Helsing. Don't ask too many questions. Um, Mina Murray was uh, a nun covertly kept alongside Sister Agatha in the first episode, and then she flees and runs away and starts a... uh, She apparently starts an establishment by reaching out to Sister Agatha's relatives and says, hey, we should um, make a mercenary operation for no reason. So she does. It survives for uh, 123 years until nowadays when Zoe Helsing is running it. Zoe Helsing, who is a disgrace to the memory of her great-great-aunt, and also for some reason, I didn't know genetics worked like this, but you are an exact clone of your (laughs) great-great-aunt. Everyone knows this now. Mm -hmm. Um so whatever whatever your great great aunt or uncle looked like you're gonna look just you're gonna look exactly like them and uh so sister agatha they're for some reason they've like they're trying to research dracula's blood or something and you think it's gonna you think they're gonna explain why or like if it has something to do with the fact that zoe helsing has cancer they never actually say why they're doing any of this um somehow dracula ends up with a phone and he gets Skype. And he gets a Skype lawyer who is Renfield, who is the writer of the show, who is a comedian I typically like in British television. Skype Renfield comes to the Harker Institute, Stacy, and he advocates for the release of Dracula because Dracula is being held against his will um, because vampires have rights. I'm going to go. Hold on a minute. I'll be back. <laughs> Let me just run out and lick a fucking subway pole for just a second. I 
need to get this over with. I can't. This is so bad. This is so. How did this get through? How did this get money? How I did, have did no someone idea. write this and say, "Oh, this is a good idea"? Like I just like. If it was just the first episode and you present an outline to, for that to people, and even the, okay, we're going to take on the story of just the Demeter. Those yeah. are two good ideas. Yeah. Those are two, like, f- almost fresh ways of addressing a story that has been told time and time and time and time and time again. At least on paper. <sighs> but then... This, like, okay, now it's modern day, and everything's gonna be purple and blue and pink because everyone loves the bisexual color palette because Nicholas Winding Refn did it ten years ago. And now <laughs> it's it's gonna be, like, Black Mirror because Lucy is gonna have a cell phone and she's an influencer. <laughs> I can't tell if I have a fever from coronavirus or... <laughs> It's just my blood boiling. Oh, that's normal. So <laughs> as much as I, 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 I screw, sing my praises for Dolly Wells as Sister Agatha Van Helsing of St. Mary's Convent in Budapest as the best Van Helsing I've ever seen. However, Lucy in this is the worst Lucy ever my depicted. God. Ever depicted. The best Lucy, I think the award does go to Sadie Frost. Um, yeah. For yeah. Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. <laughs> but, um, because, I mean, can you ever beat Sadie Frost? She's fucking, yeah. she's fucking amazing in that role. And she lets mm-hmm. us out. But, like, uh, Influencer Lucy is so fucking awful. Um, has no character. It's not that I hate the actor. It's just that they don't know what to do with her. Just like everything else in this show. And all she does is take pictures of herself, and she's like a 22-year-old um, millennial slash, I guess she's right on the cusp of Gen Z-er. Uh, and so so she she doesn't care, man, and she just loves, she's like not afraid of death, and she doesn't care about anything. She doesn't care if she dies, because all she cares about is likes. <laughs> oh my god. And so Dracula's like, I love you. Because this is going to mean she is his ultimate bride. Because all that Dracula has been waiting for his whole life is the the emptiness of social media. Oh my god, maybe this is actually really smart. <laughs> so. I'll let you retract that on your own. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> and, and and then just to remind us that, like, this is the new, cool, hip, fresh take on Dracula, there's little Easter eggs. Like, Zoe Helsing's um, uh, hospital room that she goes into for her chemo treatments is hospital room AD72. Do you get it? Because no. do you remember that movie they made? No. Um, <laughs> she she has uh, her one of her suitors is Jack Seward, who is a doctor working at the Hel- at the Harker Institute, um, and he's just a total fucking creep that just stares at her all the time, and he's like bummed out because he, she friend zoned him or whatever. Uh, and then she also has a suitor named Quincy, and he's uh, he's a party boy from Texas. Do you get it? the best part is when quincy speaks i'm so sad you missed this quincy opens his mouth and they're like he's from texas and he's like i sure am i am from texas. <laughs> and it's like at that point nobody is even trying in this episode when they literally they could have just i feel like there are people from america or people that could even do at least a passable southern accent a southern accent is just british slowed down 
<laughs> Everyone knows this. The Elizabethans sounded like Southern people. Um, <laughs> so that's true. So I, uh, it's just, it's so, 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 so bad. Influencer Lucy and Dracula become an item. Um, and then, and then he, he kills her. She, she, uh, gets cremated, even though he warned her not to get cremated because your consciousness never dies. And somehow she forgets this because she doesn't care. So we get this awful mean sequence of her burning alive. And then Lucy comes back and she's a vampire now. And she's the blue for lady. Um, and she is burnt to a crisp. But now they're playing with their own fucking rules because her reflection is beautiful. So I don't I don't understand because the whole reason why why vampires couldn't look in mirrors is because they see their true what they actually look like. Oh my god! And what she sees, none of it makes any sense. It's not the like the legend isn't oh a vampire will never look in a mirror. It's that they don't have a reflection. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And so <sighs> Agatha, so so then so she t- Zoe takes a sample of um i i do love that lucy has to find out what she actually looks like by taking a selfie because <laughs> as we all know when you're a vampire you can't cross streams of water you can't look at your reflection or you don't have one you can't see the sun or the cross and you are skilled with amazing hairdos and selfie skills <laughs> uh so um zoe helsing takes a sample of Dracula's blood before he's released by his Skype Renfield lawyer who does Renfield jobs while eating flies in his car um, so that you know he's still Renfield and and suddenly the show becomes like overtly trying to be funny in this third episode like it was already failing to be funny in the first two but in the third one it's really trying to be funny it's just it's just a bad comedy at this point Zoe drinks Dracula's blood for some reason, and then she downloads Agatha Van Helsing's consciousness, her great-great-aunt, who is trapped inside Dracula's blood, and then Agatha takes over Zoe, and then the whole Uh. cool part is that they remake the shot from Horror of Dracula, the original 1952? Nine? Christopher 58? 58 Christopher Lee movie um where Peter Cushing gets up it's the cool like here's the thing I think horror of Dracula is just as awful and boring as the 1931 um Todd Browning Dracula I love the sequels but I think the first one is an atrocity uh but the coolest part and the only part that has anything happens in, in horror of Dracula is at the end of the movie when Peter Cushing jumps up on the table and he runs across the table and leaps and rips the curtain down and then it burns uh, Christopher Lee to a crisp and it's so fucking yeah. cool. So they remake that exact shot and that exact sequence and Zoe Helsing gets up, she runs across the table, she jumps, she pulls off the curtain and the sun hits Dracula and then I was like, oh, I remember that. That's cool. And then I thought, oh no, I'm doing that thing that everyone does now with everything. <laughs> it's a terrible nostalgia remake. It turns out the sun doesn't affect Dracula um, because he just has convinced himself that all the vampire superstitions are true. And the only reason any vampire legends affect him is because he is too cowardly to die. It doesn't make any sense. He decides that, I guess, Zoe Helsing, who... the It's been established that Agatha is gay. It's been established that Dracula is very queer-leaning, uh, allegedly. The whole show flirts with queerness, but never does anything with it. And then, these two adversaries, this, like, horrible 
colonialist, like, straight man that just murders women left and right, and this lesbian, um, agnostic, atheist, feminist woman, uh, they decide to die together, and Dracula drinks her blood because she has cancer, so it will kill him, and then she will die, but she'll die a less painful death, and it ends with a shot of them nude holding each other. (laughs) As they fade out of existence. They are enwrapped and enrobed in, um, in beautiful lush fabric, and there's a glowing light of the sun on them, and they're, they're, it's like me right now, just like covered in CBD vapor rub and nude, and they're just like glowing, and then they die. And we are given the heterosexual ending that we've always wanted. But we did learn a very important fact, which is that vampires can die from cancer. (laughs) So instead of a steak, because no one uses the steak, even when he's just standing there not doing anything, (laughs) I guess just carry around a Petri dish full of cancer Cancer cells. Vampires can die of cancer and lesbians can become good straight women after all. What were they? I mean, if they didn't have me for, I mean, they flirted with, I flirted with disaster. I flirt with disaster all the time. You know this. I love trash, but they flirt with, they, they give Dracula, Dracula, when he uses his cell phone and he's texting Lucy, literally they're doing like you up texts. And also, Dracula only texts in, like, all caps, and it's really fucking creepy, but also makes sense, because, like, aggro dude. But he has vampire emojis that he texts back with her. <laughs> like, how? I just don't understand. He has a Skype lawyer. Dracula emojis. Influencer Lucy. Like, it is just so, so bad. And then I find myself saying, texting you, saying, Stacy, I'm so sorry in advance upon rewatch, as I, in my fugue plague state, am, am suddenly thinking, what have I done? What this have is, you done? This is the end of the world. Yeah, now more than ever, you do this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was that time I was like half an hour late to pick you up from the airport, but then... There was this. Why do I take this abuse? If this isn't why you stopped talking to me, I really don't know <laughs> what's wrong with you. That's true. I should have just, uh, yeah, what I did say, oh, I've been traveling since, I've been awake since 4 a.m. I'm finally here at the airport. And I get a text back that says, oh, I guess I'll leave the house now to come get you. I should have just said, don't bother. I'm changing my flight. <laughs> Take another 16 hours back to yeah. spare me having to ever watch Dracula. <laughs> yeah. Ruth's Chris Dracula. <laughs> so I just want everyone to know, you know, life is short and it, it's only getting shorter and shorter as, as, as we fall like uh, flies left and right. But Stacy, I'm, I am genuinely sorry. <laughs> This is my Meryl Streep looking up at the sky in my Boston accent saying, I have doubts. (laughs) (laughs) 
Get in the cab. Well, that's what I'm going to be saying now every time you recommend something. I mean, there's always a faint tickle at the back of the neck, you know, <laughs> knowing what a trash collector you are. But usually some of the trashes at least warrant something. Like, I think you would yeah. genuinely enjoy Tammy the T-Rex if you watched it. Right. But right. like, yeah. This, I definitely made a mistake. Well, this I, is like... I was seduced well, they, by Dolly Wells. I, I guess. I just, I don't understand how they could, like, go for what they were trying to do in episode one and how they ended up in episode three. It's not like it was three seasons. It was three feature-length films. You know what I mean? It's like you, yeah. you watch a show that it takes place over seven seasons and a hundred episodes and you say, well, they really did go off the rails. Okay. This three movies and they fucked it up so poorly. Yeah. And even, I mean, even as bad as the third, like, I mean, they're all bad, but like the first one still has some kernels of goodness in it. Yeah. It's like, it's like when Luke says Vader still has some good in him. It's the, it's the <laughs> same thing, but like this, how did they get to part three and make it that fucking awful? Where it's like they just threw, and this is always fascinating. I mean, this is I, this is part of why I'm drawn to trash is seeing like, and 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 some of the questions I have about really really bad trash that isn't accessible or good or have anything to brave or interesting to say, is like what? How did we reach a point where filmmakers become this um, uh, decrepit <laughs> like, <laughs> that they just give up, or that you have you have the kernels of a super fucking amazing take on a classic character, not Dracula, but Van Helsing, but then you just completely throw it away or do nothing with it, and then yeah. it's just up to your actor to try to give it any semblance of life. Because it's not written as a fully formed thing. It's written as a cool twist. It's written as a cool idea, and then that's as far as they go with it. But that that twist is just getting up to, oh, now Dracula has an emoji? <laughs> or Skype Renfield? Like, what? <sighs> How does this happen? I don't I know. can't believe a gay person is partially responsible for this. Or I can, and it just makes me sad. I just... Uh, uh, I'm glad. <laughs> so, I just... so this is my hope. Give... Give um, some really cool fucking woman the prequel to make the Sister Agatha Vampire Hunter series. It'll never happen. It'll never happen. Also, who cares? Because the end result is she's naked and shimmering with Dracula on the (laughs) sun. So who fucking cares how much cool shit she does? Because it's all moot anyway. It's all moot anyway. Because she's all gonna, she's gonna end up in the embrace of a, of a cuck. (laughs) That's my, that's my next vampire movie. Embrace of the cuck. (laughs) Count Cuckula. Count Cuckula! I just, I say no thank you. Uh, well, thank you for bearing with. Well, mostly bearing with. Mostly I mean, I did tap with. out and I don't, uh, you know, I did have this morning. I did think to myself, should I have just powered through? No. I'm glad I didn't, quite frankly. I'm glad that I did not. Listen, because you have had it an hard hour and enough. a half of my life. Things are hard enough now, you know? You've had it hard enough. We all have. I had so, li- listeners, if you're like, should I watch this? 
because I'm in quarantine. When you've exhausted everything else, watch the first one. That's yeah. enough. Watch the first one. Fast forward to the the sequence with Agatha Van Hel. Really, the only good thing in this whole show is when Agatha confronts Dracula in the be- at the end of the first episode. And even that, it was just so like Dracula's trying to be cool and he's like naked because he doesn't like turn into a wolf. He's inside of a wolf and, and he, like, he's rips naked. Out of the wolf. And then he rips <laughs> out of the wolf. So it's like, well, why didn't you just wear your clothes when you were in there? <laughs> like, like, people are nude because they're werewolves and then they transform. They don't have their clothes on, but he was inside of the wolf. So to me, there's no reason why he couldn't have done that with clothes on. Well, this is making me like it more because now I'm realizing maybe it's a reference to Ace Ventura Pet Detective. No, when Nature Calls, the sequel, when he emerges nude from the rhino, the robot rhino that he's hiding inside. That's certainly a reason to like it more. (laughs) Even that part where it was like the confrontation, I was like, this is starting to wear on me. Yeah. She's standing right in front of him. Just poke him with something. Just poke him. him. Right through the heart with one of those stakes that you have. If you're so prepared, if you're so prepared, Van Helsing, at least try. At least show me that you can't do it for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Give it a shot. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and now... Um, I mean, I wonder if they could just buy the rights to the character and then they could just put her in the new Karen Kusama Blumhouse Dracula that's getting made. Although I don't have the highest hopes. No. Here's the thing. They did just announce this. Um, I am excited because, well, obviously I love Dracula stories and I'm a, I'm a cuck for Dracula. I love, uh, Karen Kusama. And mm-hmm. it is being co-written by her and uh, Phil Hay and Matt Manfredi, who also wrote The Invitation and Destroyer with any Flux with her. So, mm. But also, do I loathe all Blumhouse movies and have any faith in Blumhouse ever making a good movie ever again? Not no. really. Here's what I want from a Dracula. Be gay. If yeah. It's a straight, if it, that's the thing, is so many of them go for the romance. And quite frankly, if it's a straight romance... Who cares? I've seen it so many times. I just don't care. And so if it's Dracula and his great love, Lucy, or if it's Van Helsing's a woman and they fall in love, I don't care. Good for you if you do. I do not. Yeah. Where's the Brides of Redknob? Or where's... where's... (laughs) They're all in hiding. Yeah. Where's the Brides of (laughs) Dracula? Yeah. They're like, please, I can't drag my ass around that carpet anymore. I've got rug burns. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Make Jonathan Harker his, like, have them do something. This Dracula was not gay at all. There were gay men and maybe questioning men or whatever who found him very attractive. Dracula showed no gay impulses whatsoever in this. No, but he, I mean, despite the like, oh, you'll be my bride or like, oh, and it, or uh, uh, like kind of leading on the nightmare twink Lord Ruth then. But like, it was all just, all the queerness in this was queer baby at best. Yeah. There and was no I just, actual queerness. I have no patience. As a lesbian, I get queer baited all the time. Oh, yeah. All the time. Let me, in not just movies, you lesbians, television, listen, everything. have you seen the Jonas Brothers? Nick Jonas? <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, I just don't have patience for that sort of thing anymore. And I have no interest in a movie that's a straight romance, especially if it's a Dracula, because I've seen enough Draculas, quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah. May- so, so, so Karen Kusama, I can't wait to see if you make something really fucking cool and a wicked take on Dracula. I don't think that Blumhouse is going to empower you to make that film, but right. I would love to see that. And I would, until then, otherwise, I am just holding out all hope for the most motherfucking kick-ass take on Nosferatu that Eggers is going to do with Anya Taylor-Joy killing Dracula. That's all I want to see. Or Count Orlock, whatever. Well, that's so far in the future that... It'll never happen. Stacy, What? Do we have a listener question today? Uh, yeah, we do. We do. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing funny. Uh, The question comes from Gummy Fredo. Hey, Gummy Fredo. Hey, Gummy Fredo. Gummy Fredo, why you go against the Gummy family? (laughs) I Uh, also must say thank you for that (laughs) Razzie nominated performance. (laughs) But I also must say Gummy Fredo, literally like the second we post things, Gummy Fredo is on it with the retweets. And I just have to say thanks for looking out. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Right? I mean, especially, yeah. But also, oh my, I'm losing my words. But, I mean, I don't know. Thanks for listening. Whatever. Well, especially when the world's on fire that you are paying any attention to us talking about fucking cinematic atrocities. Exactly. (laughs) Really appreciate it. It's very appreciated. Love and light, etc. Ew. Uh, the question comes from Gummy Fredo, who asks, what is your favorite movie from the monster horror genres? Creature feature, vampire, werewolf, and zombie. Favorite movie monster from those? Favorite movie oh, from movie. monster horror genres. I misunderstood the assignment. I see. <laughs> I thought it was monster. <clears throat> No, the question is says, what is your favorite movie? Oh, from each of those? <laughs> yes. Oh, god damn it. I see. You they say that they, you know, <laughs> they say symptoms, fever, reading comprehension fails. Last lack of taste. And Lord knows hair, I have that. And your hair gets longer or shorter. Yeah. Oh, that's why I have these Shirley Temple rings, ringlets in my hair. Okay, wait. What was it? We have vampires, zombies, werewolves, and... Creature feature. A creature feature. Oh, that's easy. I know this. I see. Okay. All right. You go first. <laughs> uh, uh, fine. Uh, werewolf movies. Let's go there first. My answer? I don't have one. That's right. I said it. I'm not a fan of werewolves. You know what? Motherfucking thank you. I'm sick of I, werewolves. I'll let you take the rest of this. I'm not a big fan of the werewolf movies that I've seen. Once upon a time, I would have said probably an American werewolf in London. Because there's a lot of that movie that I really like. However, as my distaste for John Landis as a human being has grown exponentially over the years... I say no more. Oh, and his son is even worse. He's a fuck. Just, just, ugh, just, ugh. Have him lick a street lamp. 
Yeah, that's that, uh, as Julie Klausner said on Difficult People. Oh, yes! What do, you, what do you think is John Landis's biggest crime? The alleged manslaughter or his son, Max? <laughs> <laughs> and he killed a man and two children with a helicopter. Yeah, he did. Wow. So he's made some great movies. I do not find it in me to watch them anymore. Yep. Werewolf? I have none. Ginger Snaps? Perhaps I need to re-see Ginger Snaps because everybody loves Ginger Snaps. Uh, I saw it once upon a time and I said, I do not like this. The Howling, love that D. Wallace transformation. On the air, the rest of it, mm. Dog Soldiers, fine. Ooh, I like that one. I just, I don't care. Yeah, the howling, is, the howling is really only good for that ending. Yeah. And I mean, I love Dee. I mean, she's a mother to all of us in the horror community. But like... Yes. It's just a boring movie until that ending is fucking metal. That's the whole reason for the movie, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's my answer for it. Werewolf. Do you have an answer Wait, for what's that, your creature Ken? feature? Oh, you're doing... Oh, you're just doing Werewolf right now? Yeah, I don't want to talk Oh, we're going one at a time. Okay, go, great. Go, go oh, I like this. Um, yeah, actually, I mean, mine's... <laughs> Mine is honestly the exact same, except I would say um, top of my list is I I do love uh, dog soldiers. I think I would say American Werewolf, but now I feel gross even saying that answer because the same reasons. Um, But I love dog soldiers. I have issues with the ending because I don't like the whole like, oh, get it? Women are just bitches twist. Mm -hmm. because there's like the cool woman that helps the whole time and then at the end you find out she's a werewolf and then she even says something like it's that time of the month (laughs) or something (laughs) and then she transforms and kills them all but i love that scene i love dog soldiers because i mean it's early neil marshall's right before the descent and it's funny um and there's that sequence where uh i love this movie because of that sequence where all the army guys are like running the the werewolf like slashes the squad commander or whatever and then that dog that cute little dog is pulling out his intestines just to play with them and eat them (laughs) yeah i love that sequence um ginger snaps has always been on my list in terms of the three werewolf movies i like um but uh that's another one where listening to you talk about it, I'm like, I just need to rewatch it because I remember wa- loving it, but I also saw it once and it was, I was like 16 years old. Yeah. And that was almost two decades ago. So, um, <laughs> uh, I, I would rewatch that one that I have been wanting to rewatch that I think I was talking to you about recently. I'm not sure, but one I've been wanting to rewatch that I remembered liking. Oh, I was talking to you about it because the, the the guy the star of it is the guy that wrote um the we are what we are remake that we watched together but uh it's l- called late phases and i th- oh yeah i think they re i think they retitled it kind of like how they they were like oh never mind edge of tomorrow is now called live laugh love or whatever <laughs> and, yeah. and um uh, birds of prey is now called harley quinn birds of prey they did that with this movie and i think they changed it to like night of the werewolf or something stupid but it was originally released as late phases and it's about a vietnam vet and he's going he's blind or going blind i think and his son is ethan Embry, who's smoking hot and he uh, puts him in a nursing community. Not like a nursing home, but like a whole like gated community where just old people live. And a werewolf shows up in there. And then the old people all start getting turned into werewolves. And I just remember it being like 
funny but also kind of bittersweet and and then this old guy like has to train to take out the werewolves so i i really liked that one and i want to recheck that one out but otherwise yeah same not a fan of werewolves and i have lots of friends that those are their favorite movie monsters and i'm just like anakin you're going down a path i just can't follow they're probably furries (gasps) do you think that's what it is (laughs) maybe okay that makes me like them now um, all right, creature feature. Creature feature. I realized when I was thinking about it, I'm like, do I like creature features? Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, my answers. The Descent. Oh, yeah. The Thing. Love The Thing. I've talked about it. Maybe someday we'll do an episode on The Thing, because I fucking love The Thing. I, guess, I mean, that is creature feature, but I think so many of these also overlap. Like, creature feature always overlaps with something else. Well, sure. That's yeah, like these are, that's the thing. Is, but, like, uh, yeah, I don't consider The Thing an alien movie, even though it technically is. And yet I don't consider Alien a creature feature. Same. You know, because it's like but um, there's like gross hybridity kind of thing going on. And, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's yeah. And but I think creature features. What comes to mind is like Godzilla, and I just I don't really care about Godzilla. The Blob, the 1988 version. Yes, of the Blob with Shawnee Smith. Yes, love it. That's a good fucking movie. And Shawnee Smith is so fucking cool in that movie. She's cool in everything she's in. She is as cool as Kevin Dillon is ugly. <laughs> So you know she's cool. And um uh maybe it's cheating, but the the segment the crate from Creepshow. Oh, fuck yeah. It's my favorite. That's it. That's all I got for creature feature. That's exciting. Um so I I really I guess so many of mine overlap with aliens. Like I really love Terror Vision. Um which I don't think you've seen, have you? Mm-mm. We need to do a Terror Vision episode. You would love it. Uh, I think um, I love I love Terror Vision, but that also is kind of more alien adjacent. But it's but it's not um, another one that is similar is the Deadly Spawn, where there's those really gross alien blob plant guys down in the in the base in the family's basement. Yeah, um, big fan of Deadly Spawn. Also, the Descent. I mean, that I guess that's probably top of the list because that's the scariest movie i've ever seen um yeah and then i don't know would you consider it creature feature or is it more like infection i don't know but it's um splinter i thought about that i thought about that one i don't know if it really fits but i love splinter it's the thing adjacent it is the thing adjacent yeah and the thing is also but i just don't want to just steal all of your answers but i really i really am a a big fan of splinter and i try to put i almost added I almost added Splinter. Yeah, I try to put that on list whenever I can just because I, I love rooting for an underdog. And uh, mm-hmm. I think everyone needs to see that movie because it is just so uh, creative and cute and um, big, 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 big fan. So. Yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, vampires. Personally, I like the hideous vampire. Keep your romantic Dracula Keep your Anne Rice bullshit. <laughs> keep your velvet. Keep your you know, hairdos. Keep your hairdos, unless it's Daughters of Darkness. I'm, oh. not, I'm, not in, I'm not interested in the glamorous side. So I have Daughters of Darkness for sure. Um, but otherwise, I tend to go for the more monstrous vampires. Yeah. My, my absolute favorite is Salem's Lot. 
I love Salem's Lot. Obviously, you're referring to the Rob Lowe, Kiefer Sutherland... Um, I mean, duh. ...2000s adaptation on TNT. <laughs> yeah. Um, surprisingly, no. I met the original, the Toby Hooper, made-for-television miniseries. I love Salem's Lot. I love it. I love Mr. Barlow. He is so scary. Uh, I love all of it. I love Danny Glick scratching outside that window. Oh, that I love scene. the scene where Mrs. Glick comes back to life in the morgue on that gurney under the sheet. And David Soul is really terrified and he uses the tongue depressors to make a cross. Mm. That's some good shit. Mm. I fucking love Salem's Lot. Um, so give me some Nosferatus. Yes. I love the original. Yes. I love the 1979 Werner Herzog. Yes. Which... Uh... <laughs> way too contemporary right now yeah <laughs> that's just a, abandoned streets and the plague rats everywhere Mm-hmm. love those and uh let the right one in oh <laughs> you know we keep saying the witch is when things really began to turn but i think let the right one in that ending yeah i did not ever see that coming yeah yeah like that was that was the queer uplifting ending that we don't think we deserve but we want it's true for the first time it's true yeah love that movie plus the cgi cats jumping all over that lady yeah (laughs) so fucking good and i do love the christopher lee stuff but that's more of a fondness than it is a i want to watch this over and over again yeah kind of thing these are the movies that I could watch over and over again, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so there you go. So, God. Something you might not know about me. I am a, I am a teenage mall goth. And <laughs> I love... Like, when I originally was answering this question, I thought it was which of the monsters... His, the famous movie monsters are your favorite, or which subgenre is your favorite. Mm. I misread it. Um... But mine's vampires. I I mean, I, I, I started out really getting into zombies. Like, I've said this many times in the show. But vampires are my, I think, just because of that goth kid thing. I don't know what it is. I mean, yeah, and I read all the Anne Rice books. Well, up until a point, because I could only take so much New Age Catholic crazy. But um, I just fucking love a vampire story. I'm so into them. Um, it's something that I wish I could quit, but I can't. Uh, and I recognize that there's no good vampire stuff ever anymore. Um, but I, I just go back and back and back. So I, I love all the Draculas. I mean, um, as, as much as I hate the Todd Browning one and, and this new one is also terrible. Like, I, I am such a sucker. I will watch any and all Dracula adaptations. Um, uh, however, none of the Draculas are really any of my favorite vampire movies. So, I mean, I like the Frank Langella one. I, I like the, I really love um, uh, Taste the Blood of Dracula and Satanic Rites of Dracula and even Dracula 80, 1970. Um, 72. 1972. Sorry, I got her, I got her hospital room wrong. But, um, <laughs> but, but vampire movies that, that I love even more so than the Dracula stories. Um, I mean, like you said, Nosferatu, both the original and the Werner Herzog one. I mean, the original is maybe one of my top 10 horror movies of all time. I 
fucking love Nosferatu so much. I mean, you just not you cannot you cannot be a goth and not ever get over that aesthetic of Nosferatu. <laughs> it is the best. Um, Fright Night. I am a huge Fright Night fan, and I love her hairdo. Um, uh, one that is like kind of a guilty pleasure, but I've also just like reached a point in my life where I'm like, fuck you. I don't care. Blade two. I am a huge, huge, huge fan of blade two. It's stupid. It's loud. It has, uh, tantalizing bad CGI, but I just, I love it. I'm such a fan of blade two. It's my favorite Guillermo del Toro movie. Um, and I also think it's one of the last good ones he ever made. Um, I'm a fan of, uh, thanks to you, Daughters of Darkness is one of my all-time favorites now. I play that soundtrack on loop. It is sleek. It is sexy. It is so, so, so fucking good. And I just, I just don't, I, I just love moody fucking vampire shit. So, like, even, um, it's kind of, it can be divisive for some people, but, like, Only Lovers Left Alive. I really, really love that movie. I don't really know that it's a vampire movie as much as it's just a movie about, uh, burnouts hanging out in detroit talking about climate change (laughs) but but i'm like yeah all i want to see is tilda swinton with gross matted hair being a vampire and packing up books instead of packing clothes to travel like there's just an aesthetic about that that will always appeal to this little trash kid inside me um and then uh because i wanted to include a new one too that a lot of people haven't seen and i don't know if it's still available on netflix but it's called from the dark and you, I've been interested to see what you would think of this one, Stacy, because I love the final girl in this film. Um, but it is on a, it's on a farm in like England or Ireland. No, it's in Ireland, I think. And they farm peat. And, and um, these farmers, it's, it's like a, I think a husband and wife. Um, they dig up in their, when they're going through and like basically harvesting their peat, they're from this, these peat bogs, they find someone that has been sacrificed in the peat bogs. Cause you know how the druids were always sacrificing people in peat bogs. Yeah. So they find like a peat bog mummy, but this one has a stake in it and they pull the stake out of it. And then what do you know? But next thing there is a full on gnarly, gross Nosferatu vampire running around the farm. And, mm. and it's just her versus this Nosferatu guy. And I thought it was really cute. It's, it's cute. Well, my kind of cute, like <laughs> it's gross. It's, it's kind of spooky. Um, the vampire's disgusting. Uh, I love the final girl. She's super, super powerful. Um, big fan of it. So that, mm. that kind of cute. Um, None of that says cute. Yeah, but you know, my kind of cute is like. You need to come up with better descriptors. So I know what I mean. Cute is like... I'll say it's wicked. How's that? That's much better. It's it's lit and legit. <laughs> <laughs> it gets it gets kind of metal. Um, but I will say... I mean, the gross, disgusting vampire I think is cute. But... I mean, he is really gross and disgusting. But I also think that's mm. cute. Um, so yeah, that's most of my, my vampire ones. Hmm. And then, you know, and then all the hammer, everyone everything yeah of course zombies zombies do you have all day for me to talk about my favorite zombie movies there's a million there's a million and a half i love zombies i love zombie movies there i said (laughs) hot takes hot takes watch out stacy's angry she's calling it like she sees it that's right i love this popular subgenre 
I do. I love zombies of all flavors. How much do you love it? Let you count the ways. Let me count the ways. I mean, there's so many different kinds. I think it's one of the subgenres that really, if they say like, oh, it's a zombie movie. That doesn't tell you everything because there are so many different kinds of zombie movies. Yep. That no two are really, I mean, yeah, certainly two are alike, but it could be anything. It could be a comedy. It could not be a comedy. (laughs) (laughs) You have all of these, like, (laughs) you have all of these, like, post-zombie zombie movies where people try to get, like, it's a different take on the zombie genre. It's infected. What if, what if they got cured and we had to reintroduce them to society? (laughs) You know, that sort of thing. Um, But I mean, I love the Fulci zombie movies. They're so gross. Oh, God. They're so, so, so gross. I've actually only seen Zombie 2. Being the- Which is Zombie also? Yeah, which is the first one. Yeah. Because Zombie was Dawn of the Dead. Right. Well, but Zombie 2 is also just called Zombie. Yes. They, it's very confusing. It doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> it's um, Italian. How else would it be? Yeah. But Zombie is, I, that's on my list. It is a little dull at times, but man, oh man. Oh, it has some eyeball. stuff that I love. It has the eyeball scene. Oh. It has one thing that I love that is... Um, sadly lacking in so much zombie cinema which is zombies coming up out of the ground that's one of my favorite things i think it's terrifying and zombie does it yeah um so i love all of his crazy zombie movies the original night of the living dead love it oh yeah classic oh yeah um, I love Dead Set. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It was a British miniseries. Um, no, Jason about... told me about it. It's so, oh my, I think you would really like it. It's so good. It was a British miniseries, and it's like basically the people in the, in the um, Big Brother house have no idea that there's a zombie apocalypse happening. And what happens when zombies get inside the Big Brother house? It used to be on Netflix. I don't know if it still is. It is so good. I absolutely love Dead Set. Oh. Um, I love the 28 Days and 28 Weeks. I love Train to Busan. I love Return of the Living Dead. I love Record. I love the Father's Day segment of Creep Show. <laughs> I love Pontypool. I love zombie movies. I said it. You said it. You issued that hot take. So mine, obviously my favorite zombie movies, you know, I have a really um, discerning taste, if you haven't been able to guess from all of our time on this show. (laughs) But I mean, obviously the classics. So like, I Am Legend, the Will Smith version, um, Resident Evil 1 through 6, uh, Survival of the Dead. Uh... (laughs) The bad part is is I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) Is Anthony being I I couldn't tell, honestly. (laughs) Probably. No, those are all uh, atrocities. Um, I do enjoy Diary of the Dead because it's terrible. Oh, boy. Uh, I mainly like when What's-Her-Name steals the van and is like, don't mess with Texas! And then you hear the (laughs) Yellow Rose of Texas play. (laughs) Diegetically, even though it's a found footage film, it makes no sense. 
Um, no, my favorite zombie movies, obviously, I mean, I'm just going to be... I'm just going to be so such a walking walking dead cliche uh, cuz Dawn of the Dead like it is just that yeah. was my that was my introduction to zombie movies. I was in 6th or 7th grade. It came on some TV show or some TV channel. I was sitting in my bedroom. I put it on. I was like, "What the fuck is happening? Why are the zombies like why are some of them blue? This is so ridiculous." And I fell in love with it. And I remember thinking about it all next day in my um, geography class. And then that whole semester after that in my art class, I was just doing zombie paintings of like blue and green zombies. I was obsessed (laughs) with Dawn of the Dead. And then I really, that's that for me, like Dawn of the Dead was kind of patient zero into my forays into horror. Um, Really fucking love that movie. Uh, And then obviously like all the Romeros, you know, up up until... (laughs) a certain point yeah. um obviously night of the living dead is a classic i really love the remake night of the living dead it has maybe been a decade since i've seen that so i would be up for a rewatch um Shaun of the dead i oh, yeah. love i love Shaun i of the love dead. this movie it does excuse me um <clears throat> Shaun of the dead does everything that i want a zombie movie to do it addresses all the the visual cliches and cues and vocabulary and has the gore mm-hmm. and is really fucking funny. It's really funny. I mean, when that movie came out, I felt like I was watching the freshest, most on-the-ball, hilarious uh, zombie movie I'd ever wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Um, big fan. Uh, like, you also record, record one and two huge 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 fan some people will point out that yes it is demonic possession transferred through contagion right but let's be real it's it's you don't know that till the ending of the first one it's zombie adjacent um also ponty pool which is also zombie adjacent but such a fresh spin on it um yeah yeah i i I love a zombie movie uh that's it that's uh that's it that was the list yeah good job Good was, question. Was it was it a good job? Yeah, I think uh, so. There's a oh. lot of movies that came out on that list, and people, if you haven't seen them, I mean, obviously we named only classics. <laughs> but if you haven't seen any of them, check them out. And also, um, I'm sure you saw this on social media, but Stacy compiled an incredible list uh, of amazing films that are streaming right now across streaming services that you can go to in this time of, well, we're stuck at home. <laughs> Yeah, horror movies that uh, Anthony and I like yeah. that are on streaming services. You can find it at finalgirl.rocks. It's right on there. You'll find it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Just trust in you and you will find you it. Can, I have faith in our listeners. Yes. They're of an intelligence caliber that will allow them to find it. Also, if you didn't, if you saw something new in your feed. Oh, yeah. We did launch Gaster Peace Theater, which is, it's not going to be a regular thing. It's just whenever we feel like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we covered Portrait of Lady on Fire. That is the last episode in the feed. It's not labeled with an episode number because it is part of Gaster Peace Theater, which is where we talk about non-horror films. Yeah. So that's a maybe they'll one. be gay movies. Maybe they won't be gay movies. Yeah, maybe. All, all movies are gay in our eyes. This is true. 
But it's basically just a place where we can talk about a movie we desperately want to discuss, but it's not a horror movie. And so they'll just appear in the Gaylords of Darkness feed once in a while. You can skip them if you're not interested. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's it, baby. We we're we're we got time on our hands. Yeah. And we know you do too, so hopefully uh we can all ride this thing out together and take in some quality or questionable quality entertainment along the exactly. way. Exactly. And send us listener questions too. Oh yeah. At uh, any of our social medias, or we have email at gaylords at gaylordsofdarkness.com. I'm going to go have some pancakes. Yeah, I'm going to, my nose is whistling, so I'm going to go do that. (laughs) That sounds exciting. Yeah. You know what? It's not a dry cough or a fever, so at least I have that. You know what's dry? My fucking pancakes. (laughs) Oh, well. Bye-bye. Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my god! God. Oh Oh my my god! Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness! Ha, ha, ha.